Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Vaughan, Ontario, known for decades as the city above Toronto, thanks to a very successful marketing campaign that saw Vaughan turn into one of the fastest-growing suburban cities in the greater Toronto area. Since 1991, the city's population has doubled to over 300,000. That puts Vaughan as the 17th largest city in Canada. Before colonization, Vaughan was home to the Huron-Wendat peoples. It was settled by Europeans in 1792 and incorporated, first as a town in 1850, then as a city in 1991. Today, the city is made up of five major communities, Woodbridge, Maple, Thornhill, Concord, and Kleinberg. Vaughan is the third largest employment center in the greater Toronto area after Toronto and Mississauga. It's home to over 12,000 businesses employing more than 200,000 people. Manufacturing is the dominant sector, but it's also home to 184 Canadian or regional headquarters. In 2018, Vaughan's largest employers were Canada's Wonderland, UPS Canada, CN Railway, and KPMG. Some of Vaughan's attractions include the McMichael Canadian Art Collection, Courtright Centre for Conservation, the Vaughan Mills Outlet Mall, and of course, Canada's Wonderland, Canada's largest amusement park. Today I'm in Concord, a suburban industrial district in Vaughan, at an industrial building on Keel Street. Doesn't look like much from the outside, but in one of those units is the subject of this week's episode, Style Photos. Good, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Good, good. Can I get you some? That's Kassan welcoming me at the door. I walk into a small lobby piled high with boxes full of merchandise, awaiting their turn in Kassan's studio. Kassan takes me on a tour of the facility. There are a couple of offices out front, a break room, some other nondescript doors, and then, at the end of the hallway, a door opens up to a larger space filled with racks of clothing. Oh, wow. What a setup. You look, you're looking at a mini version of it, but yeah, in, yeah. The, in a large scale, it's going to be so much your, more grand. In your new studio, you'll have a, a larger setup like this. 11 of those. There is in one corner a large, well-lit camera rig with a headless mannequin bust modeling a t-shirt. Someone's taking great care to remove all the creases and lint before taking the picture. There's another smaller camera rig in the opposite corner where someone's taking pictures of a very stylish-looking knee-high suede boot. And then finally, a large flatbed camera rig that is currently not being used. The studio is abuzz with music and activity. After the tour, we move to a quieter place to do the interview. Kassan takes me outside to a different unit in the same building. Right. But it all started as a fashion and apparel business. So traditional mom and pop retail. This unit has a showroom with various displays of high-end clothing, shoes, and fashion accessories. I love the, uh... That's a buddy of mine, Oh, yeah? He's like a Toronto artist, so... Very cool. This is the home of Kassan's other family business, Original Luxury, an online store for exclusive, sophisticated brands. The unit is currently closed to in-person customers and quiet, so we set up here for the interview. 
Hi there, my name is Hassan. I'm a CEO and founder of Style Photos. So when did Style Photos open their door? Back in 2019, uh, my family wanted to get into an online e-commerce business. We are originally from Uzbekistan, which is a former Central Asia, former Soviet Union. And uh, my family decided to, instead of going to a traditional brick and mortar business, we, we wanted to go into an e-space. When did you come to Canada? Uh, our family immigrated here in 2007. Uh, before that, what were you, what were they doing? Were you just kind of working for other fashion outlets? No, or? no, we were similar. So we were working in, we were managing brick and mortar retail. Oh, okay. So very similar, very similar industry in terms of fashion and apparel, so it's mainly focusing on clothing, watches, jewelry, but okay. uh, it's traditional brick-and-mortar business. Right now we're sitting in the showroom for your, your parent company, and coincidentally your parents' company. Correct, yes. Right? So Original Luxury is an online e-commerce retailer which specializes in luxury and ultra-luxury products. So my parents opened this business in 2019. We started with just some accessories like scarves and handbags from all over the world. We specialize in some very unique pieces and very unique product offering that we have a very small niche market, but we try to occupy it as much as we can. Are you the sole owner of uh, Style Photos or is this a partnership between you and your brother and your parents or how does that work? So Style Photos is a partnership of two people, so it's me and my brother. Uh, so Original Lecture is part of the equation as well, but the actual co-founders, so I'm the founder, my brother is the co-founder of the company. Uh, my name is Hussan Iripov and I'm a part of Style Photos. We started off as a clothing company and we were looking for companies who can create content for us. And we found out that there are not a lot of options in Canada who can do it efficiently and at an affordable price. And this is how we started Style Photos. We identified this need through our own search for a content creator right. for our own retail company. The sure. price ranges from different photographers would vary from a few thousand dollars to $60,000 for the exact same scope of work. So we actually struggled to shoot our first scarf uh, collection that came in. We had a professional photographer help us set up a setup. Right. And unfortunately, we were not able to translate the colors properly. And it would take a long time to actually create the necessary content. Right. And we found a supplier of equipment in Europe who manufactures automated photography machines. And we actually acquired one of them, the horizontal system. And we found out that the quality of the content and the speed is unmatched. Nobody can actually do the same amount of work within the same time frame at the same cost. So we started with our own company utilizing style photos as own in-house photo studio. Mm -hmm. And within a few months, we had no clients, no traction, and we didn't even expect it to be a separate third-party service provider. Right. But eventually we started to see that other retailers who we know in the community, they started to approach us and they started asking us for the contact information of the company who did the photos for us. Oh, okay. So we started off with a f small few clients. It was like family and friends who had a retail store and our, an Amazon store. And we slowly started growing. What was your background for photography or video? Did you have any? Honestly, no. No. 
you were learning on the job? So a lot of it at the beginning was the uh, the team who provided the equipment, the head photographer, former head photographer from Netta Porter. Uh, he actually flew in here and he is a head of training for a company where we purchased equipment, some of the equipment. Uh, he provided a lot of extensive training, but what I was left off with my brother was to learn the craft. Right. So and a lot of it, the difference between um, a lot of people mixing product photography or product videography of creative photography, right. which is uh, more of an art. Right. A lot of the stuff in the product photography, it's a skill, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of it, it's more about getting stuff done in a timely manner. Yeah. A lot of it is very technical, mm-hmm. and a lot of photographers don't like it because they would like to express more of their right. emotion. It's very vision. limited, right? Exactly. Yeah. At just at some point, we decided that the COVID just started and we had some small designers and small brands start asking, hey, can we use your equipment? So what we noticed is that at the beginning, we started offering it to independent designers who were coming to us. There was a lot of small shops who wanted the service. And a lot of stuff changed after a lot of larger brands started joining us. I think one of our biggest brands were National Sports, so, which is part of Canadian Tire Group. So they were one of our first bigger clients. And then we had Puma Canada coming on board. And moving fast forward in 2022, Style Photos is becoming an online marketplace where we uh, have both centralized location where all the products are being shipped all over Canada. We have over 400 brands we're working with. We have all of our content creators working here out of Toronto. We have very big post-production team, but we managed to build a business and a service which allowed e-commerce brands to have reliable, consistent, and affordable e-commerce creation hub or center where they can ship us the products and we will take care of the work for them anywhere across Canada or they can join us. We had instances where client can come physically in person where they want to touch and feel and be part of the process creation. Or we also have a virtual ability as well where, for example, Al, if you're on vacation in Dominican Republic and you have a shoot here happening in Toronto, you can literally dial in and see your shoot in a live and you can communicate with the models or the content creators while the shoot is happening. Right. So you don't physically have to be in a studio. Um, this is how we got it and this is where we are right now. I think the biggest thing was that I noticed the problem is that the scalability of, a, of an agency or a basic service provider is very limited. Right. So style, the way how Style Photos is operating is that we have a core management team and everyone else who works for us is an independent content creator. This was a pivotal moment in the business that allowed us to have that level of scalability where we onboard the content creators, we train them before they start working on the client products, and then they would come in. And because of software, we have exactly the requirements of what they have to deliver and what post-production have to do as well. We managed to create a service which becomes much more scalable. Uh, And in one instance, we can have seven people or eight people working in the shoot in one day, and the next day we would have no one working. Only the studio manager going to be there. And you keep a good quality of product because everyone's doing it the style photos way. Exactly. So this is where the we switched from just being a service provider to focus on training and onboarding, looking for those content creators, then working with our post-production team and us as style photos managing the quality control of all the work. So we know the entire flow would be fully managed. Mm-hmm. 
our job is to make sure that we can repeat the same quality of work we provided this year, we can repeat it in the next year and a year after, not just during that particular shoot. So this is what we built in terms of the process itself, where we can deliver consistent, good quality content year after year, not just in one particular shoot itself. So what we managed to do in terms of, I would call it our competitive advantage, is the fact that we understood the problem, we built a solution to solve every single individual problems, problems like that. So usually it actually starts with uh, us clients contacting us, then the, we would give them an access to our software where they able to create the lookbook or they can send us the lookbook of how they want each product to be shot. Usually we provide the estimate to the client how much we're expecting this work to be costing. As soon as the team is approving the estimate, they would ship us the product or drop it off or we can go actually pick it up for them as well if they're in GTA area as well. Okay. So most of the time people ship us the product. We would get the product ready, we would update, the invoice client would confirm everything, they would pay for the invoice, and then it goes into the production. Our guaranteed turnaround time for 100 products is five to six business days. Do you get to keep the products after? I wish. (laughs) I wish. This is why we always ask the clients where if they don't need the samples, we actually try to donate it to the local food banks and charities because we get to see so many products from fashion and apparel to cosmetics, consumer packaged goods. We, as you can see in the existing studio, there's not that much space to store the products as well. So we usually ask the clients to provide a shipping label. They have two weeks to pick it up. And if they don't need it, we just donate it. Up next, Kassan and Hassan went from helping run their family's online business to running a tech startup. Will the risk pay off? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. Style Photos owners, Kassan and Hussan, have pivoted twice since starting up their new business. They helped their parents start an online clothing and apparel business, then pivoted to a photography studio, and now they're running a full-fledged tech startup. Each pivot takes them further away from their comfort zones. Will they succeed? Or will the demons of a past failure come back to haunt them? Let's find out. If I were to ask you to think of a time where... Style Photos was in jeopardy of, of closing its doors. It some struggle or some, some hardship that you may have encountered. Uh, what would that be? In order for this business to be and operate as a tech startup and e-commerce space and a, versus a traditional studio, we had to inquire a lot of debt on our side in terms of funding the de- software developer because a traditional studio they don't need a development team they don't need uh, in-house ux ui graphic designers where we had those people working Mm full-time where most of the studios don't need it so for us it was i think the funding was a big problem at the beginning we were pulling everything out of our pocket Oh, this is, a, this is a great story. Uh, <laughs> so back in 2016, so if we talk... Hassan tells me the story of his first attempt at a startup, Autofact, an online car dealership launched in 2016. His elevator pitch was he wanted to provide a Tesla experience for non-Tesla owners. 
A great pitch, if you ask me. It worked as an auction. So the yeah. beauty of this was we built a software which allowed us to, you would customize the vehicle that you would want. You would put it in a system. You say you want a Honda Civic. This is the package that you want it, lease or finance. And we would send this to the dealerships in your area. And you can select the radius, how much you're willing to travel to pick it up. Right. And then dealership would say, like, here is what we're willing to offer. And you can just accept whichever one you want. So and you, that's it. So basically, you're, in a sense, you're creating a marketplace where dealers were bidding on the customer. That's amazing. Kassan talks about the struggle of getting legislation changed in Canada to make it possible to get licensed to sell cars online. After initially being declined and appealing the decision, they finally got their license. Sadly, the idea was about four years ahead of its time. At that time, it was tough because a lot of the signing of the documents was very difficult because in the last three years, a lot of stuff changed because now you can sign for you when you buy your car virtually. In 2016 and 17, people said that was insane. We had to battle of uh, different companies to make sure that to authorize the signatures, how to do the financing, how to sign the legal documents. Now it's becoming much more easier. But at that time, there was no competition on the market who were doing this, especially for new vehicles. After a lot of time and money invested, some of Kassan's partners' priorities had shifted. And once again, being self-funded, Kassan didn't have the support he needed to keep it going. So they had to close down the business. Kind of coming back to Style Photos. You were self-funded. You basically pivoted from being an agency to a technology company. So you, you started this tech company, not without experience, because you had this experience with Autofact to fall back on and I guess maybe a little gun shy now because you're like oh my god is this going to work how close did you ever get do you think to saying oh this is a good try let's go back to what we know I think the first four months we had it was an empty desert so what I mean by that we had no clients right. it was just me and my brother there's no phone calls there's absolutely nothing happening and we we're like wow we just spent so much money on equipment uh and the beauty of equipment is like we take care of our work very quickly. And now I was like, what is the next step? And I think this was for us the scariest moment at the beginning. It's like, did we do the right choice? I mean, me and my brother first, I think, year and a half, we had no salaries. We were just living our parents like uh, we no longer were out living. We, we moved back to our parents. It's like, you know, it's like, we're going to live there. We're going to cut down the cost. We're going to work on it. You know what? What we did, I think we got uh, we got featured in Retail Insider. They were kind enough to tell our story okay. about original luxury, about style photos, and how what we're doing, what we're planning. And our phone was ringing like crazy the next day after this article. After this article, the beauty of them is that they gave us an opportunity to tell our stories for people to know it. Even after that, we had no marketing team. So we, because we had no money to pay people, sure. we had no money to hire an agency. Uh, so our $500 Google marketing was like this for almost two and a half years. There was no sales team. There was no CRM, CMS systems. Only thing we were building slowly, our software on the back end to manage the clients, to build the style guides and the lookbooks, automating a lot of process. We were investing money, but we had no cash flow to pay for marketing. So... Thanks to this article, customers started to trickle in a bit, and then I guess that just snowballed. Is that? I mean, that's all that happens. You get one happy customer, they tell others, and 
eventually turn into a bunch of happy customers. I think that for us with the national sports, I think I'm extremely thankful to the AVP who trusted us with national sports. They believed in us of a small company with no name because we're a lot of bigger brands were kind of brushing us off at the beginning. It's like, who who are you guys? You know, it's like some Hassan and Hussan and Vaughn, you know, some studio, you guys promising the smoke and mirrors. And our job was to deliver. And I think that we did a great job because afterwards we we were able to work on pro hockey life on the PHL with them. They also had two divisions with uh, Marks America in the United States for Woods Canada. So all the camping chairs and all of that stuff as well. So we did quite a lot of work with them. We were always focusing on providing the best service, the most affordable pricing and bringing a lot of innovation where having a simple video of how unfolding of the chair at the beginning, it sounded absolutely ridiculous, but at the end, most of the retailers wanted that afterwards. The problem was that during COVID in 2020-2021, it didn't matter what type of retail you were in. If you weren't present online, if you didn't have good quality content, if you didn't have your products online faster than other competitors, you were already losing the game. Right. And a lot of retailers realized that the landscape of retail and e-commerce is changing. And the faster they can adapt to it, the faster they can find the most efficient, the most affordable service providers to cut overhead. Because if you remember, stores had to close down and people mm-hmm. could not attend uh, physical retail stores at all for a period of time, which actually hurt a lot of retailers. For our clients who could not afford to pay for our services at that time, we created payment plans to make sure they actually stay afloat. Because for us, every single customer that comes to us, they stay with us. Mm-hmm. We have not lost even one customer throughout the three years of our operations, and we are very proud of it because they see the value in what we do. They see the value in the speed. They see the value in the quality. And most importantly, we are priced at a very affordable price point. So at a time when other companies were cutting overhead, we were assisting them in creating content efficiently and in an affordable manner so they could stay afloat, they could cover their bills and actually survive through that period. just onboarded with Moneris as a client in the last four months. I'm very thankful to Moneris for supporting uh, guys at Elevate to make sure that uh, our e-commerce North accelerator happened. I think the fact that Moneris was there and they helped to help us like having to tell a story. You never know because this story could be our second retail insider story. You never know. But in the same time, is ability for them to help and support small brands because I mean, if someone was backing us up in Artifact three years ago, we might have been a completely different business in a completely different environment. But unfortunately, we did not have that help and support. So I think that the fact that Moneris is trying to help e-commerce startups, especially in the tech world, I think that I'm super grateful for that. Coming up after the break, we find out what the future holds for style photos. At Moneris, we empower merchants to keep doing business their way, while we handle the payment processing our way. What way would that be? The safe way. The always connected way. The awesome integrated tools to help you make more money way. 
We know your business never stops, so you deserve products that never stop working. That's why we're committed to providing our merchants with a payment partner that works just as hard as they do to make every sale. Moneris, proud partner of small Canadian business. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. Kassan and Hussan Arapov have grown an impressive customer list for their young tech startup style photos. The future looks as bright as one of their lighting rigs. So how bright is that future? Let's find out. Uh, what does the future look like for style photos? Well, right now we applied for a permit. I don't know if my brother mentioned it. We acquired a property in Mississauga yeah. and we're building a 12,000 square foot technology hub. And we established a good relationship with the Economic Development Office in Mississauga. We are supported by the city, by the municipality, because this is something that is needed right now for all of the retailers. And the city sees this need and we get a lot of support from the city. So we're very thankful for that. Style Photos is still is working as a tech company where we have decentralized production here in Toronto. We also are starting to onboard decentralized content creators across Canada as well. And there's quite a lot of very, very talented content creators across Canada where they need the jobs, but they don't have an access to the clients. For us, we do have an access to the clients for their e-com product listings, but now we're getting into the social media, the emails, and with the new studio, we're actually building a 35-foot LED wall which been used mainly in a movie production settings for Mandalorian, Matrix, the last one. We bringing Hollywood grade equipment right. to e-commerce. That's exciting. The content has to be quick. There's no longer a three months, two months right. leeway to produce a content. Right. People want it now, today, and it has to be relevant, you know? So we are bringing that centralized hub to Mississauga right now where we will be able to do it in the next three months. And I think the second biggest goal that we're trying to do for this year is would be uh, finding a VC partner uh, who would help us to grow and scale the business across US and Canada. We're looking for some core partners in the United States to open our second location okay. in the United States. We preferably we're looking in, uh, in New York. Uh, where we want to open our second centralized spot where we would bring all the equipment, we would bring the people in. Now we can expand location within three months, which before was not possible. Now we know exactly what we needed. Software is there. We know exactly equipment, the space, location. We can deploy it right away and we would be able to service the United States. That sounds exciting. parents feel um my father is a serial entrepreneur so mm-hmm. what i mean by them um, i think that my father was more of a vision person at the beginning where as you would say he he knew where we need to go i was grateful enough because at the beginning we thought our uh, our father's like hey you know what we're going to go to e-commerce and i was the biggest person against it i was completely against opening a studio oh, i was yeah? completely against it so you got your entrepreneurial spirit from your father what about your mom she is the driver of emotions to make sure that we do that. So what I mean by that, she was there at the beginning to provide a support. She was challenging us in terms of growing as a professional, paying for those online courses, going to the school. And you know what? Both me and my brother, we have a business degree. I'm accounting and marketing. He had his diplomas all over the world as well. Absolutely different industry, but at the same time, my mom still loves the fashion side of the business. She enjoys this side of the business, but in the same time, it helped us to see the vision and the struggle. And I think this is what painted the future of Star
I was photography when I was back in school. I sure. did it as a hobby, but it's like taking photos of people, flowers, but it was more of just a hobby, but it's like I never expecting that one day our images that you would be able to open Hudson's Bay. We have over 11 vendors there, Nordstrom, Wolf and Badger, Foot Locker, Sport Check, Costco. I mean, like Macy's, you can name it. Like sure. if you open most of the larger national wholesalers, retailers, Amazon, it's our photos of a person who's not, not a photographer. I think we just started. I believe us driving the business forward with the goal and a mission of leaving impact, like real impact. We're not talking about me feeling good about what we're doing, but we're talking about our clients, our brands. This is just the beginning. As, as I told you, the company has been registered in January, so technically it's a fresh, brand new company where uh, we're just starting. And I think that, uh, yes, we're open, and I think we're going to be open in here in the United States, and we're not planning to going anywhere. We're looking for partners. We're looking for brands. We're looking to go there and help them to solve the problems. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hassan, is style photos open? Yes, we are open 24 7. That's the story of style photos. You may have noticed by now that in every episode of this podcast, I finish up with a final thought on what lesson can be learned from this story. The lesson often relates to one of the many traits that make up a good entrepreneur. Traits like ambition, motivation, focus, resilience, and so on. In this week's story, Kassan and Hussan have shown examples of all those traits, so there's nothing too surprising there. But I believe, in this story, the big takeaway might actually be that of, well, good timing. Timing is crucial in so many disciplines, sports, music, comedy, and yes, even business. As we've learned from Kassan's story about Autofact, it's not enough to just have a good idea. Autofact was a great idea. Had he attempted it three or four years later, when a pandemic loomed and lockdowns forced businesses to accelerate many of their plans for digitization, it would have probably succeeded. But instead of letting that failure discourage them from trying yet another ambitious startup, Kassan and Hassan went full speed ahead with style photos. This time they had the idea, support, and most importantly, the timing was perfect for the service they were offering. In sport, sometimes you need a short memory to be able to forget about a past loss going into the next game. But in business, it's important to remember those losses, learn from them, and turn them into wins. Kassan and Hassan did just that. And because of this, I think Style Photos has many wins in its future. Yes, We Were Open is a Moneros podcast production. I'd like to thank Kassan and Hassan for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Style Photos at stylephotos.ca. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram at stylephotos.ca and on Twitter, they're at stylephotosca. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopenpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story or perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it you can contact me at podcast at Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. Thank you for listening. Thank you.